Don't lose power. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the Stochastic.com NFL Strategy Show Monday two-game edition. I should have been here yesterday. Matter of fact, I was here yesterday sitting in this very chair alongside my good pal Ben Rassa with Jordan Klein producing the show, set to go live at 2.30 Eastern time. And at 2.30, on the dot, I lost power. And not only did I lose power, but they said that the expected restoration of power would be 11 p.m. on Tuesday. So then I go to Greg. I say, Greg, it doesn't look good, pal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to change some things up. We pack everything up. I got a two-month-old. I got a two-year-old. We pack. We go to my brother and sister-in-law's. He has a drink prepared for me already. That was nice. We're set to stay there. And then three hours later, the power comes back on. That's just the way it is, man. But we're here. That was crazy, though, dude. It literally went out probably, what, 30 seconds before we went live? Oh, I know. Yeah, I was uh, I was here. Didn't know what to do. Fortunately, we made it through the show. You missed a hell of a slate. Um, I, I I withdrew all my entry. I had to. I, I had no way of like doing. I couldn't run the Sims and upload anything. I just hate. I hate slates like that, just because it's conceptually tough for me to grasp. Because you look and you're like, oh my god, like I, I'm. This might be it. Like I have 30, 37, 27. And then you realize so does everybody else because the first game, eight players went for 30. Yeah, I know, man. And it's funny because I, the lineup that I did build that I put across everything, just like not a dummy lineup, but a lineup where in case things were to go, I couldn't get, you know, I couldn't withdraw, couldn't get out of the entries because I emailed DraftKings. I I wasn't single. I wasn't going to do it one by one, right? Like we're trying to pack everything up. It had Aaron Jones and Ferguson. And then I was like, oh God. You're kidding. You know, the same thing. I'm like, you're kidding me. I shouldn't. I should have just left it and wrote it. And then I realized it didn't matter because everybody had 30 yesterday. That's what I mean. Yeah, it didn't make a difference at all. Except Jaden Reed. He didn't get 30. I can confirm he didn't get 30. He didn't get 30 anything. Uh, 30 opportunities, 30 points. He got zero, which... That's all I gotta say. It's just I, I can't. I can't with with him and Dobbs. We're not we're not gonna spend a lot of time on me tilting, but that was Dobbs went nuts. Nuts. Okay. You know what's crazy too is DraftKings. The biggest slate today is the showdown slate because that was already posted prior to the Bills game getting moved. So there's a millie maker for the showdown tonight, Ben. The biggest contest they had for the two-game slate was 100K up top, $300,000 prize pool. I go to get lineups into that at 845, and it's filled. I missed it. Yeah, but then they posted another one that's exactly the same size. That has 10,000 out of 17,600 at 11 a.m. That's going to end up filling by 1 o'clock. They're going to have to do this again. They could have. They undershot on a holiday, man. They could have easily gone million-dollar prize pool for, no, larger for the main two-game slate contest today. No doubt. It's been a wild week with so many different slates. So 
Like I have Saturday to Monday teams that I forgot about. Um, then I've got teams from yesterday, and now we're gonna have the two games slate, and we don't even have clarity. You know, I know everyone like we move the Buffalo game. I'm not sure it really helped us a ton to understand what exactly are we walking into here. Dude, I don't know. We're gonna get like, in. Happy to have you guys with us. Take one single second if you haven't done so yet. Hit that thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Please leave a comment down below. Let us know your thoughts. We try and read and respond to all of them, as always. Uh, man, I got sick on Wednesday. I assume COVID. I don't know. I assume COVID. But, you know, it's going around, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I assume that's what it was. This this guy ain't testing. Tell you that much. What's the point of testing for COVID at this point? Do you test for a, a, a tough cold? The answer is no, right? But I didn't know, Ben. One thing I, I have not dealt with yet is apparently COVID can cause like some GI issues. Oh, it, it seems like every symptom is possible. So I don't. Right. Which is why it's like, is everything you get hit by a bus. Poor guy died of COVID. You know what I mean? At that point, what, what do you know? Go ahead. But I, I took such an intense dump yesterday that my Apple watch started logging exercise minutes. Yeah, that's uh, there's a symptom right there. For I mean. My God, when it when it asks you, do you want to do do you want to record this exercise? At this point, you have to sit back and go, okay, you know, heart rate sitting north of a hundred, normal resting heart rate at a fifty six. We're in trouble here. So I'm glad you survived all of this. Sounds like you had quite a day while while me and Eric were doing shows. Um, but I mean, it's a good thing my power went out. Yeah, yeah, you may have. Gotta look at that silver lining, fella. But you feel good about it? I know we're gonna talk about the games, but I just before we even get into it, I did want to ask you just truly, uh not gut feel, but you feel good about the Eagles or you feel terrible? Do you know that if the Rams won yesterday and the Eagles won today, that the Eagles would have a home field game? They'd have home field next week. Isn't that crazy? That is kind of crazy. So like a team that went one and five to close out the year. Oh, and six against the spread just looked terrible. That they would have had home field if the Rams managed to pull that game off yesterday because the, the Packers beat the Cowboys. Yeah. Do I feel good? No, but I, I'll tell you this much. Here, here's what I'll say. You know this from a betting standpoint. We do the videos over on the Odd Shopper channel. I had been uh, fading the Eagles consistently for the past month, maybe more. Uh, I. I bet the Eagles today. Two and a half? No, I took the even money three. I like the Eagles in the game. I have not bet it yet. Two and a half is like minus 120. And at this point, uh, here's how I see it. The Eagles either just lose or they get it back. So I didn't mind laying the three there at even money. Like they either just lose and they're terrible still. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or we get, or, or or they get something back. AJ Brown's out. That's tough. But we got two games. We do. I mean, this Pittsburgh game against Buffalo. We can dive into this right now. This Pittsburgh game. They're ten point dogs. The total came up four and a half points because of the conditions. It's still going to be cold, like eighteen degrees at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. But it was thirty four. Had this been played yesterday. And I'm looking at it and thinking, 
Josh Allen is prone to turnovers, no doubt about it. He's turned the ball over 22 times on the season. They're 10-point favorites still. Playoff hero Gabe Davis is out. T.J. Watt is out on the other side of this one. So there are definitely some things that make a difference. Now, you and Eric talked about this game yesterday, but you're yep. talking about it in an entirely different context as you are today. 100%. Like, when you're, when you're attaching it to two games, not just one game, but two games that are in domes, with high octane offenses, it was almost talking about two separate slates. So we talked about the two games and then we said, oh yeah, by the way, there is this third game. You know, you're going to have lower ownership on all these guys, all that type of stuff. That's not exactly the same scenario this today. I mean, you've got two games, you don't have those 50 point totals. So it doesn't mean just all systems go, but at the same time, I, I'm I'm going to uh, look at this game as almost an equal to the second game, whereas yesterday that was like a two-touchdown difference in a total. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into it. We'll start with Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Hey, look, it's a weird game. The Steelers, the, the problem with this, yesterday you had, th this is this is one of the biggest factors. Yesterday you had two games with 50-plus point totals, right? You had the Detroit game that got moved. That got, I think it closed at 53, Ben. Yeah. Opened around like 50 and a half, closed at 53. Then it didn't get there. I had that didn't over. Get there. Dallas crushed the total. That game was at 48-32. And we saw 80 total points there. So now you're going in, like if you're playing the yesterday's slate, which this one's included, you're going in. A lot of people maybe, maybe in an, an alternate universe are like, nice. I still got guys going from this game. Uh at, at this point, you hope you would hope you don't. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, sure. Maybe like Khalil Shakir, fine. There, there are some values. I'm not saying that, but there were so many huge pop-off performances yesterday that do you really want a ton of this game going into this after what we saw in those other two? It's certainly, again, um, it was, it played third, third tier to the other two games, but today we've got a different situation. And it is true. I think the concept of weather overarching means a lot of different things like freezing is different than windy is different than blizzard like there i don't know what we're going to get but not all of the weather in buffalo makes it where no one can succeed and in fact i think certain conditions are just fine to plan but looking at the steelers specifically i think step one is warren or naji or both uh you know does he get a ton of dump offs in Jalen Warren. Did they just say, you know what, we're going to try to grind up as much clock as possible. Najee had 27 and 26 carries in the last two games. Like that could be in line once again here. If you get that right, that's step one into getting this game right. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think the problem is that the Pittsburgh Steelers just have a bad offense. And the funny Terrible. thing too, is you, you know, you get rid of your offensive coordinator in Buffalo, right. And all of this and and you're like, man, look how they've turned it around. The funny thing is the offense hasn't turned around that much. It's the defense for Buffalo that has actually made the biggest moves and, and kept this team in games, right? I, I don't think I'm out of line for saying that at all. Like the, the offense, you haven't seen these. It's funny because you could look at the wins and be like, okay, sure. The offense, don't get me wrong. They, they've had some fine performances, but it's not like they've just overall turned things around to a level of like, wow. They're crushing. They're still making mistakes. They're still, still turning the ball over. The defense has clamped down despite all of those injuries. I think it's tough looking at Pittsburgh 
yesterday to want to get much of them. But now you're talking about only a two-game slate, 38.5 point total. The other one has a 43.5 point total. So let's take a look, man. And we can pull up the Sims. I'm looking at our ownership projections right now. Pulled up Pittsburgh. And we have, what, Najee Harris, 36% on Jalen Warren, 30%. Pickens is still getting 30% on DraftKings, uh, the main two-game slate. Steelers make sense to me, getting 24% as the cheapest defense. Deontay Johnson coming off that big touchdown last game, 22%. Even Fryermuth getting a little bit uh, at, at, a, at a position where outside of Dallas Goddard, uh, and you could throw Dalton Kincaid in there, there's not a whole lot to talk about. So I, I think this is more so just a product of the slate where you might not love this game, you might not love Pittsburgh, but we've seen George Pickens, we've seen Deontay Johnson, on some of these abbreviated slates recently, multiple of them, as a matter of fact, right? Uh, against Cincinnati, was it George Pickens, right? That had that massive game on a Saturday two-game slate. If you didn't have George Pickens, you lost. <laughs> you oh, yeah. lost, you know? Uh, and then what was the other one? Oh, another, actually, matter of fact, Saturday, last Saturday, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. If you didn't have Deontay Johnson, I'm not going to say you lost, but you probably wanted Deontay Johnson with almost 20 fantasy points on a two gamer. So I'm not writing these guys off just because it's Pittsburgh. I think while it is an ugly offense, you mentioned Najee Harris workload. Like if this game stays competitive, what if Josh Allen does make some mistakes, turn the ball over? What's the move? Well, maybe we just run Najee Harris into the ground because why, what else, what, what else are we doing? Or George Pickens, who, despite being the type of guy that could give you a legitimate zero, like a legitimate zero, can also give you 30 because they will air the ball out to him. And despite the improvements that we've seen from this Buffalo secondary, they still are not a full-strength team. You can't, you can't, that's what basically, Ben, that's me, a long way of me, a long-winded way of me saying you can't just write off Pittsburgh today. No, you definitely can't. I think the the point that's the trickiest part about Pittsburgh is not their ceilings. And for tournaments, I think you just kind of have to embrace it. It's you just talked about this. So Pickens, you mentioned, okay, he had an amazing, like super nuclear game against Cincinnati, you know, ridiculous caught a 90 yard touchdown in that game. What did Deontay Johnson do? Uh, well, he had two catches for 15 yards, basically zero. Then you mentioned Deontay Johnson week 18, really strong game against Baltimore. You know, he caught a touchdown four for 89. But what did George Pickens do in that game? He had zero targets for zero yards and zero everything. He had one carry. Like, you're talking about a mixing and matching where the floor on the guy that maybe doesn't get it is straight zero. And that is really, really difficult. But on a game like today, with only limited options, I think you have to take some shots with them. I think the most likely guy for volume is clearly Najee. I would be stunned if he doesn't have 20 or more carries in this game, whether they win or lose, they have to try to establish him on the ground. So among the running backs we're looking at, then Rashad White, James Cook, DeAndre Swift, Harris, Warren. Once, you, By the way, once you get past that, you're talking Kenny Gainwell, who is super hit or miss, largely miss. Even 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 a Kenny, even a good Kenny Gainwell game, it's it's tough because you already have a guy like Hertz vulturing opportunities in the in the end in the red zone. Uh, DeAndre Swift, despite all of the struggles to actually find the end zone at times this year, Ben, he still gets opportunities down there. So with, with Kenny Gainwell not really seeing those chances, 
And with him not being a massive factor in the passing game by any stretch, I think once you get past Jalen Warren, so like the fifth priced running back, there's not a lot there, which leaves a lot of room to get to guys like Najee and Jalen. Would you play them in the same lineup today? I think because it's two games, you definitely can, uh, because this is like showdown-esque of like, you can do some wild stuff, uh, and it's 10-7 in terms of the price. I don't really want to do that just because, you know, I don't want to bury the lead in the sense we're talking about ways that Pittsburgh could factor into the slate. I still think the most likely outcome is that Pittsburgh is terrible today and there's not much production for this team. Right. You told me earlier in the week you would lay the points on Buffalo. I would. I think Buffalo is going to kill him. I really do. I think TJ Watt being out is so much more impactful than we're, we're giving him credit for. It's huge. I just haven't seen the offense for Buffalo. Neither have I. I mean, and look at, you know, they beat Miami, which at not at the time, it was only last week, but like Miami was, Miami's cooked. Cooked. They're actually done. So we already know that. Like, I don't know how impressive Buffalo has really been, even though they sucked it up and still got where they needed to go. Sure. Right. And sometimes that's just how you need to win games. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. All right. Um, yeah, look, the the way I see it is that I'm not really drawing any maybe maybe you disagree here before we move on to Buffalo. But I'm not really drawing any massive distinction between like Pickens and Deontay Johnson. I think both of them have to be in your pool. You're not going to feel great clicking on either of them. That's just the way it is. But you know, it's it's those guys and then you get down to Khalil Shakir who's been priced up for this game or for this site. Mind you, yesterday, Khalil Shakir was, what, like 30, 3,500 or something like that for yesterday's site? Um, now you're getting him at 4,400. You have guys like Julio. We'll talk about that. Quez Watkins and those guys. There's nobody down here that's going to inspire a whole lot of confidence. Uh, Allen Robinson, like these type of guys. So once you get past Pickens and Johnson, you're getting into that that kind of scary range. I think Shakir is clearly the best option along with Julio, given that A.J. Brown is out. But – George Pickens and Deontay Johnson are both two entirely reasonable plays. I, I, I hate to sound like I'm just fence sitting here, Ben, but these are like Pickens could be a two or a 30. And then Deontay Johnson's the type of guy that the ceiling isn't as high, but he probably gives you at the worst like 10. So maybe I do lean Pickens and just tournaments play for the ceiling. Yeah, I think for me, those two ironically they're almost easier because i'm just like i I know i want decent exposure you know we've got the tools we're gonna look at the ownership the leverage my two questions going further are you have them together if you do do you use mason rudolph and then like friar is he in the pool because to me there's you've got the obvious guys you've got Najee, you've got warren you've got the two receivers do you link them up in any any factor where you, you tie in Mason Rudolph and then do you go secondary with Allen Robinson or Fryermuth? Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. I'll be honest with you. I, I really have no, if it, if it bites me, I say this all the time. So be, I have no interest in playing Mason Rudolph. Neither do I. There's two legitimate, say what you want about Jalen hurts. Like him and Josh Allen are still two of the most, dual threat quarterbacks on any slate and the rushing upside on top of them just being who they are makes it even tougher to think that Mason Rudolph's raw points get you there. Yeah. The savings helps, but 
I am not there either. Don't don't even ignore the fact that a banged up Baker Mayfield against that Eagles pass play him. is still a much, in my opinion, exponentially better play than Mason Rudolph. Now, have I looked at leverage yet? No, have I looked at ownership? I'm actually running a sim on my side using the sims tool. So we'll see. But we, I'm going to run it right now, as a matter of fact, and, and see what we come up with. My guess I is this I, morning. What's up? I ran this morning. I wasn't getting to a lot. Of Mason Rudolph, you mean? Yeah. Oh, by the way, guys, I, I know a few games of NFL are over, but we still have the we still have it running where it's we we cut it in half, ninety nine bucks for the NFL Sims tool for the entirety of the playoffs. Include it includes literally every slate. So every main slate, any you know Saturday to Sunday slate, uh, every single showdown slate. You're still getting a ton of slates. We cut it in half, ninety nine dollars for everything for the remainder of the season. We did that so you guys wouldn't be paying full price on something. But also, also, two-week access to any any NFL package, right? So you get any NFL Sims package. You're also getting PGA Sims Max for two weeks. So that's huge. Our Sims tool for PGA is brand new. You're getting all of that for the first two weeks um, on top of all of the NFL. We had uh, Elway's Army. Uh, he, he's been watching these, these shows for a while now. He's been with us for a while he took advantage of this. This made me very happy to see Ben, right? So he tweeted us twice. Tweeted us twice like in, in a row. And the first one, first one, let me, yeah, was longtime member, first time using the PGA Sims. Once again, you guys are awesome. So I'm looking at this and he just takes down like, I don't know, here five into 500, 100 into 993. And then everything, he sent four screenshots. Essentially just cashed everything for big money. And then we get another one from him that says first day using the NFL Sims showdown showdown Sims because the Sims is crushed for showdown. Sure. Thank you guys for your advice and the best tool ever. And then he took down 2,700 on a hundred on that, not including all of the other stuff. So for anybody that has gone, okay, you know what? I'll get the NFL Sims tool for the whole playoffs at half off plus the two weeks of PGA. Uh, take it from Elway's army. It seems to be working. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I couldn't be more excited about the PGA side of it. You get to sample a tournament this week and, and have some fun with it and see it. And you know what? Maybe you use that going forward. But this is a great opportunity to test out the PGA Sims without having to commit to them. You know, the NFL, we're rolling. You get the playoffs, no problem. And you get a little extra on top of it. So couldn't be happier for that. Not going to talk about PGA on the stream. Let, let me just say that yesterday was frustrating uh, in PGA. <laughs> Well, let me just say that the PGA Sims tool also includes the showdown slates for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So all of that as well, uh, on top of everything for NFL. So if you want to check it out, guys, link in the description and in chat. Just select that drive promo when you get in there. All right, um, let's talk about – do you have anything else on, on, on Pittsburgh before we move to Buffalo? No, not really. Again, I, I think always – we saw this with the Packers – you want to tell me that Josh Allen's going to throw a couple up? Absolutely, if you want to punt defense with the Steelers. They grade out fine. I think Steelers' defense is entirely reasonable. That's what I mean. Like, it is it is what it is. Well, it's a two-game slate. It's a two-game slate. Let's just assume that Buffalo's defense doesn't go nuclear. Like, they're good, but they don't have a defensive touchdown. Pittsburgh could have a defensive touchdown, still allow 24 points, and be optimal. 
Oh, yeah. It's literally the op. I mean, look at the Packers defense. They were given, and not that they weren't in full control, but the yeah. reason they had a really good output had nothing to do with Dak throwing for, you know, 300 yards in garbage time and racking up points. It was that they had interceptions and a pick six. Yep, exactly. So I'm getting in the in my Sims run 31% Najee, 30% Steelers. Makes yep. sense to me. Just trying to jam better players. Jalen Warren, 27%. Uh, and then I'm actually a little under the field on Deontay Johnson and Pickens, 15 and 14% respectively. Very, very little Pat Fryermuth to point that out. I'm only getting 2% Pat Fryermuth. My guess is I'm getting a shit ton of Dallas Goddard. Yep. My highest, yeah. highest exposed player right now is Dallas Goddard. And then 45% Dalton Kincaid. I'm okay with that, honestly. Yeah, I think that's, I'm not surprised that you're getting that similar to what I was running this morning. And I was tweaking with some, some ROI boosts, but uh, that, that seems similar. That's kind of where I want to be too. I don't want to have uh, Deontay Johnson or Pickens define my slate, but that goes both ways. If one of them goes crazy, I don't want that to define my slate saying I have none. Uh, I just want them to be another piece of the puzzle. I'll make my stand elsewhere today. How about with Buffalo on the other side, you've got, I mean, no Gabe Davis. We've seen some crazy Gabe Davis playoff games. Yeah, insane. The guy mean, just comes to life. Nasty. Yeah, but he's out. So now Khalil Shakir, obviously one of those guys that you go, okay, well, have to consider him today. Do you remember what he was priced yesterday? 3400 It was 34 Yes. Okay. So I'm just saying he's 44 today. Okay. They, they brought him up 1000 bucks, right? You couldn't really preemptively do that with Shakir last time. Now they can, knowing that Gabe Davis is out and they're just creating these salaries because they didn't even have the two-game slates up until we got that news. Shakir, though, you know, Gabe Davis in Week 18 played 23% of snaps, went down, didn't return. Shakir played, what, 80% of snaps the week before that, 77% last game. Trent Sherfield played 71% of snaps last game. Hardy played 18 obviously digs out there for the majority of the game. We'll talk about Allen and we'll talk about Cook, James Cook, but I do want to talk about the pass catchers for a second. When you look at Stefan Diggs, who has been, I mean, look, it's been disappointing. There's no doubt yes. about it. No doubt about it. Look, still almost a 1,200-yard 12, season, eight touchdowns. He's, he's still caught over 100 passes, 107. You look at most players like that, Ben, and go, man, he had a, he had a great season. But he came in below below what we expected. And recently, Diggs has been quiet. Last game, not bad. Seven for 87. Put a touchdown in there. He's fine. What do you do, though, with Stefan Diggs on a day where we have no A.J. Brown, but you do have Devontae Smith, you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. And also, Diggs is priced like Devontae Smith. He's priced like Mike Evans. So it's no longer where you go, yeah, well, the opportunity cost here for Diggs is really tough. He's 8,500 when he should be 75. That's the trickiest part for me. I, ironically, and I've said this before, I almost wish he was overpriced more and we were getting a, a bigger discount because what's happening from what my preliminary builds look like, A.J. Brown is out. He was the most expensive player on the slate. So more and more right off the bat, you're going to get a lot of people that are just like, got some money yo i'll play digs like i didn't even really like him but it's still digs and i i have the couple thousand dollars to go get him so he's getting a good amount of ownership right now we have him 
upwards is one of the more popular plays on the slate. I know it's only two games, but he's not going to be even remotely sneaky by any stretch. He's going to be, you know, 40, 50% owned. And that's a little disappointing. Having said that, I like Diggs. I know it's been a, a pretty bad run. The targets have not been in the CD Lamb Amari Cooper bucket, said this yesterday. But I think in a game like this, I would really hope they find ways to get him involved. Maybe it's little bubble screens. Maybe it's some easy convertible throws. I expect double-digit targets from Diggs today. Okay. It's tough, but I I mean, I think you're right. It's hard to say. It's it's really hard to say because you know, you know as well as I do, there were some games recently where if you watch them, Diggs was visibly frustrated, and so was Allen. Like trying to get him the ball. And they just oh, couldn't make it happen. It's not. I mean, Buffalo has been in games of this caliber for the last month where it's like I, we yeah. have to win, and Diggs has not been able to really do much of anything. So it's not it's not just, oh, it's the playoffs and they will just get him involved. I still do think though that Diggs is a, a worthwhile top end option today. Is he your favorite high end option? No, he's not. Who's your favorite high end option? I mean, it's 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 Devontae or Evans. Yeah, for me, it, it, it's Devontae Smith. I, it's just him and Goddard are gonna have to pick up the slack, and they're going to. I, I think he just has to stay busy. Tampa's secondary. I I think Devontae Smith is gonna be incredibly popular, just like Diggs. But he, I think, is my favorite wide receiver today. You know what? Let me back up a second. You asked me as the show started how I felt about the Eagles. How do you feel about this game? Which game? The Eagle game? Yeah. I mean, I don't, obviously I don't care. I grew up a Tampa fan actually. No, no, no. Um, But I mean, you asked me if I like the Eagles today. Yeah. I like the Eagles today. I think they're going to be, I don't want to say just fine. That's overstating how big of problems they have because they do have big problems. I think the Eagles will have every opportunity to put forward a real effort today. I, I would be pretty stunned if they just mail it in. What type of fucking canned answer is that, dude? Well, what do you what do you want me to say? People get crazy. Like, oh my God, I you said you like the Eagles. I sold my house. Good job. Like, I can't take it. He said, I think the Eagles can put forth a real effort today. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna <laughs> roll Tampa and everyone's gonna be like, they're the team to beat. No. They're they're gonna look good today. I think they will be fine. I'm gonna probably bet them. That's what I was asking. Like, you, yeah, you, okay, that's fine. Right. You, you coaxed it out of me. Now, would you take the two and a half at minus one twenty or the three? Honestly, and I, I have to look at the lines. And I, you kind of alluded to this. And I don't do this often. It's the type of team I think I might be more interested in looking for an alt line because I think if the Eagles get it together, the Eagles can roll through a team. And if they get killed, I would rather reduce my juice to the max by laying like six and a half. Right. So kind of what I was saying, but just like to a, to, on a larger scale, as far as reducing yeah, I mean, juice. Yeah. I think that there's a definitely a chance where the Eagles look like the Eagles, everyone expected and win this game 38 to 14. Yeah. Or they lose by 21. If that's the case, I want to have taken. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. If, 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 the, if it's like a, I'm not saying it's a binary outcome. It never is. No, it's it never, never like, is. But... Oh, they roll them or they get rolled. But all we're saying is it kind of feels that way. Yeah, I mean, one thing that, not to go on a, a monologue, and again, you can get all this when we're, if you're part of Odd Shop or you're in our Discord, we talk about things like this. You don't get punished by being wrong more than what you bet. Like if you bet the Eagles 
minus 13 and a half and they lose the game by 40 points, that doesn't matter any more than if they win the game by 11 points. You just lose. Like, And so where the situation like this, I might just look to embrace that. I definitely think that the Eagles from the DFS side and the betting side are the most interesting and important team of the four. For sure. And I will say, I'm free rolling on this because my expectations have never been so low. I texted my buddies. I was like, I'm super excited for this game because I have no expectations with how badly they close the season. If they lose, I go, all right, fun year. I'm rooting for the bills now or something, you know? Yeah. I hope, I mean, in life, I hope they lose. I don't like the Eagles, even though I'm wearing the green for you. You thank you. I appreciate you. But what I'm saying is I'm free rolling for two reasons. I, I don't, I have no expectations. Like if they lose, they lose. And I mean that you, you know how, you know, I'm pretty realistic about this. I'm not yeah, just yeah. covering my, they lose, they lose. Um, but, but the Cowboys losing just makes it so much better that it doesn't even matter. Oh yeah. That felt I mean, great. That felt great for many reasons. Chalajo says, yeah, he's very lofty. Well, if you're going to talk to me about pronouncing names, fucking spell mine right, dude. After three touchdowns yesterday, do you think you can pronounce Aaron Jones' name correctly, not Aaron? Is that a serious comment? I I type out, is that a serious question or is that a serious comment? It used to be, I'd say, once a week. Now it's like three times a day, just in various forms yeah. of society. And then he called me a douchebag. Aaron or Aaron? Oh, oh my God. You smashed the the Ten Commandments. What are you doing? That's unbelievable. Aaron or Aaron, the first one. Uh, Yeah, I mean, nice job, bro. Also, I love Aaron. Aaron Jones. Always have. Loved him. Just call him A. Jones. Mr. Jones. Yeah. We'll call him A.A. Ron. A.A. Ron. He was great yesterday. Fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> and he's from utep respect the miners one of my favorite college teams anyway anyway let's talk about See what the doing. rest of this bills team so jordan i i, I didn't I'm, we're still on bills i was just i was just going going forward for a second so if you're looking at the bills then with get with 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 stefan diggs yep now it's no game davis so you have dalton kincaid you have khalil shakir you have Dawson Knox. I mean, at this point, at this stage of the game, there's still other pass catches that you have to be looking at for the Buffalo Bills. It's it's never just going to be Stefan Diggs. Uh, I want to look too, by the way, at my Bills exposure. It is a lot of Cook, a lot of Stefan Diggs, a lot of Kincaid, 33% Shakir. Not surprised that I'm I'm right around the field there now that his price came up, our salary came up a thousand bucks. I'm getting 33% Josh Allen. If I were to filter by my quarterbacks, I just real quick, Ben, before I throw this over to you. Yeah. If I were to filter by quarterback, it's wow. How about that's crazy? I'm getting basically 33, 33, 33 Hertz Allen Mayfield. Yeah, without and like no Rudolph. Yeah, no, no, literally no Rudolph. That's what I mean. So I don't mind that. I probably would dilute it a little more, but I could see myself going like 45, 35, 20. 
Sure. I get it. But I don't actually mind getting that much Baker Mayfield because the attachments to Mayfield are so easy with, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And if that Eagles run, if that Eagles pass defense stays as bad as it is, even with Slayback, you know, that could just be, for all we know, Baker Mayfield has three passing touchdowns. It's entirely possible. So yeah, I don't hate it. Yeah. And the nice thing about Baker, it's a blessing and a curse for him to really have a ceiling game, two or three guys have to do it for Tampa. There is a chance that Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen has a huge game and it helps nobody because they both could, Jalen Hurts could sneak it in three times. Right. That's possible. Like that's not going to happen with Baker, of course. No, it's not. You have no rushing upside. I think his rushing prop is 10 and a half yards today over at Odd Shoppers. So yeah. it's not going to do much for you, but I don't necessarily need that to be honest. Like this would just be a straight, does the Eagles pass defense stay as bad as they've been? And if they do, I have no problem getting to Baker. I get you saying scale it back a little bit and just have like, you're saying, you're saying like a combined 75, 80% hurts Allen and then the rest just going to Baker Mayfield. I totally get that. Yeah, that's, I think more, but the night, again, the nice thing about Baker is like, you can do QB plus like four and know that he's going to have to get them all involved because he's not going to have siloed points like the other guys, Josh Allen and, and Hertz. You could go, honestly, I think you could make a case on a two game slate to be different and run one of them naked. How are you approaching the rest of pass catchers for the Bills? I mean, I think it is pretty straightforward. You've got Dalton Kincaid, who's going to be very popular. He's going to have to step up. It's almost analogous to Goddard um, in some ways having to take some of that production. I think where it gets tricky is, are you willing to roll the dice on the pivot? So you've got Shakir, Kincaid, and Diggs. There really is no pivot for Diggs on this team. Like you either play him or you play like Mike Evans or someone. You got Dawson Knox. He's sub 3K. And you've got Trent Shearfield, who's 3,500. Both of them are a fraction of the ownership of the other two. Is there a case to be made that one of those guys steals it or combine them, something like that, I think is the the biggest leverage you can have on the Bills. It is so difficult because oftentimes the clear value play for the Bills ends up not coming through. Earlier in the season, it was Khalil Shakir, and Trent Sherfield ended up being the guy. Uh, earlier in the year, it might have been Sherfield where Deontay Hardy ended up being the guy. If you're playing three lineups, how are you doing? Because if you're playing 150, I think having at least some minimal exposure to guys like Sherfield and Hardy makes sense because they will spread the ball around in Buffalo and Gabe Davis is out. But if you're just playing a few lineups and I know plenty of people who watch this show are, you know, single entry or three max five max, whatever it may be. How are you playing the pass catchers? I know it's a tough question, but what would you do going into it? I mean, I, I still think it's, you have to take that same mentality of you have to try to build the winner. I, don't, I mean, I know it's, uncomfortable and it doesn't mean go crazy but I, I think it really is first you have to decide what you're doing with Josh Allen I think the very standard build the most popular build is going to be you know Allen and then a combination of two of the three of Kincaid Diggs or uh you know Shakir I'm willing to roll the dice and pivot on like a Dawson Knox at times I think that you may take a zero but you have to be willing to do that my toughest thing and the one guy we haven't talked about yet is James Cook, who has at times looked unbelievable, at other times just kind of been another guy. Uh, I don't know what to do with him, and I'll be honest, he is 
really, really popular on the slate. And I, I don't know if I'm going to get over on, in terms of exposure. I don't know if I am either, but it's just one of these spots where I, I'm okay. So let me, let me step back and kind of give you my approach, how I look at this with James Cook. There's a lot of different things that could go wrong. There's no denying that on one hand, you have Josh Allen, who might be their best goal line back, probably is, right? We have two goal line backs at quarterback on this slate with him and Hurts. Uh, and then you've got, like, Latavius, I, I don't know, does Latavius Murray, or I saw Leonard Fournette, does Leonard Fournette end up being someone that gets opportunities down there? Someone, so I don't know which one of them, I'm not playing either of them, I don't know which one is going to be on the field yeah. or even active. Murray was a healthy scratch in week 18. But it doesn't matter to me. That's the Somebody problem. That, that's what I'm playing. saying. It does, right. If it's Murray or if it's Leonard, uh, if it's Fournette, it doesn't make a difference. There's still another guy lurking in the shadows. And his sole, his sole purpose <laughs> is, is that concept. Like when you think about what could his role be, it's we need him to pound the ball two yards into the end zone. The one thing you don't want uh, with James Cook. So it's, it is tricky when you don't have a path. Now that, the other side Actually, of it Fournette just... was reverted to the fr- practice. That's score. what I'm saying. So, so but, but I'm okay. So my fault on that, I can't keep track of this backfield, Ooh, but who knows. so does that just mean that Latavius Murray, I didn't mean to cut you off, but does that no, just no. mean Murray's active? That's my assumption. I, I don't know why you would have both of them inactive. That seems not right. Like it, it seems like they want somebody there to spell hook and it's not Ty Johnson, obviously. Particularly not at the goal line. That's what I mean. Yeah. But. Uh, I don't know. I, I, what I was saying, though, is I still think that James Cook is in a spot where like, now you go into the playoffs. Do you remember where we saw Devin Singletary kind of infrequently used and and they would they would you'd see like him and Zach Moss, both sharing, sharing workloads and, and all of this stuff. And you never really knew in the regular season, what you were getting out of this team. Uh, last year, James Cook and Devin Singletary started splitting work, but then you got into the postseason, and you, and this was two years ago as well. You started seeing a lot more from Devin Singletary. I know it's different offensive coordinators, but I do think there's a very realistic possibility that just knowing James Cook is by far your most talented, athletic, overall quality running back, obvious must-win game because it's the playoffs. I think there's a real, a real avenue here, a real path for James Cook to just soak up like a ton of the work. He's going to need some volume. I think that the interesting thing about James Cook, when you look at you don't want to cherry pick, but like he had a nice stretch from week basically like 10 to 15 and he had one monster game against Dallas. But when you look at those games, really the the big catalyst has nothing to do with his rushing. It was he caught three touchdowns in a four-week span and he was getting targets. And if they continue to do that, that's where his upside comes from. I think there's limited ways where you see him, you know, the guy's got one, two touchdowns on the ground this entire year two rushing touchdowns that is crazy that is crazy that's on 237 attempts i mean that's not your path your path is he's catching the ball he scores through the air and he has you know 80 yards rushing on top of it 
I don't see many ways where you're getting there in terms of pure like Najee Harris type workload. So I think I like James Cook a little bit more than you do okay. because they're 10 point favorites. Uh, I, I don't think the cold weather is going to deter Josh Allen from throwing the football. Let me be very up upfront about that. Okay. Uh, I don't think this is like, Oh, we have to run, but I do think as big favorites, James Cook could see another 20 carry game. He saw that a few games ago. I like him a little bit more than you do, but, but how would you rank these running backs between uh, Rashad white, James Cook and Deandre Swift? And uh, I think I would have Cook third. Behind White and Swift, you're saying? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Would and you put not... him ahead of Najee? I know the yeah. price points are different. I would. I, I think with Cook, the thing that's, and again, this isn't like going to be sneaky, but I, I'm going to put him and Josh Allen together at, at times and hope that they connect through the air because that's when we've seen James Cook at his best. I don't think him, you know, the logical thought would be like, oh, he'll, he could have a big rushing day and that hurts Josh Allen. I don't, I don't think that that's as likely as like the Steelers concept or a David Montgomery from yesterday where, you know, they have a big game. It comes at the expense of everyone else. I don't think that's the case with James Cook. Last question here with Dawson Knox being, you know, fully back for several weeks now. Yeah. Uh, how, how, how do you approach the tight end situation? I don't want to just gloss over this because we got, you know, over 700 people watching with us. And I think this is something that we have to at least try to drill down. I'll say this much real quick. I know that Dalton Kincaid has taken a, a clear step back since Dawson Knox, you know, came back into the mix. Although it was very encouraging to see the, the seven and eight target games for Kincaid over the last two weeks. I think that is more what we should expect today than those couple of games where he only saw two targets. The one against Dallas doesn't even count. They ran the ball 400 times. I literally don't count that. And then the one against the Chargers, weird game, fine, only targeted twice. But he's still seen seven, eight, and seven, or seven, eight, and eight targets in those other three games with Dawson Knox back. And he's ran 126 routes over those five games. That's second only to Stefan Diggs at 143. Knox is at 67 routes, 26 targets for uh, Kincaid to eight for Knox. So while yes, the snap share certainly takes a hit, I, and, and it has, there's no doubt. They're clearly still using him as just a pass catcher slash wide receiver when he is on the field. I think it may be a little bit overblown. I agree. Again, I'm willing, you have to roll the dice somewhere. You have to find somebody a little obscure. And to me, Dawson Knox, who's been a reliable target for years, who has a, you know, you're not banking on one target, but he's the type of guy he could get there on one or two targets if he falls in the end zone. I'm willing to put him in the pool a little bit. I don't think you're going to need much, but yes, I, I will be using, I used Dawson Knox actually a little on the three game slate yesterday. Like I have some teams that have him left. I don't think Knox is bad at all. I'm just saying that I think Kincaid's, you know, decrease in production is overblown. That's all. I, I think I'd agree Kincaid, with that. Kincaid and, and Goddard are still clearly the top options. Yeah. At tight end. Yes. So we already talked a lot about Philly and Bucks. We'll approach this a little bit differently here. Uh, before we do, by the way, guys, if you are betting on today's game, just simple reminder, BetMGM's giving you $158 in bonus bets. That's pretty good because all you have to do is bet five bucks. And if you lose that $5 bet, it could be a 12-leg parlay. I'd never normally recommend you go do that. 
but it's a free roll. If you if if you bet five, you get $158 in bonus bets. Bet MGM's basically almost any legal betting state, bet MGM is there. Links in the description uh and in the chat if you guys haven't taken advantage of it yet. Uh if you lose the five dollar bet when you sign up, takes a minute to sign up, throw a five dollar bet down on a five dollar deposit. If you lose, you got $158 in bonus bets. If you win, you collect all of your winnings and you still get the 158 bucks. So at the end of the day, the worst case scenario is you lose your initial $5 stake. You lose that bet. Then you get your 158 in bonus bets. You go on the worst run of your life. You lose all of that. And then, well, you don't lose any sleep because you're down five bucks. It doesn't hurt. So if you try, even if you're not big into sports betting, but you're like, hey, I'll take $5 and turn it into 158. Bet MGM's got you covered, man. A lot of football today, two games, some great prop opportunities out there, some good bets. Uh, our Odd Shopper channel is entirely free, by the way, if you wanted any of that. But uh, link in the description and in chat, five into 158 at BetMGM. Got to be 21 euros or older to gamble. You got a gambling problem. Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. So, Philly, we already talked. About, like I, I think Chris Godwin on the other side of this game, I want to cover this just all in all. Yeah. I, this one's a little bit easier for me. I think Chris Godwin against the middle of the field for Philly is a is a pretty nice play here. Um, just pulling up what ownership looks like on Tampa Bay using the stochastic ownership projections. Yeah, Godwin's getting 37%. Evans at 46. Rashad White at 57. The truth is, I could see the Eagles defense maybe shaping up a little bit here. But in the event that they don't, in the event that they don't, you are going to want to have some Tampa Bay Bucks. This is one where I'm not really – I'll put it to you this way, dude. I'm not, in my mind, I'm not going to, to, to play a narrative out in my head. I'm just going to make sure that I have enough Tampa Bay exposure to where it doesn't kill me if they go nuclear, but I don't have too much to where we see them do nothing to like as they scored nine points in a must-win game against Carolina last week. I'm keeping it pretty simple, but I love a lot of these guys today. Yeah, I think Tampa is a pretty concentrated offense too, which is is useful in situations like this. Uh, you've got Mike Evans, who, I mean, how many times do we have to say that he's got two touchdown upside? I mean, the guy, he gets so many chances. Baker will give him chances, and that's really all you can ask for. There is a third guy, though. Uh, Ray Palmer is not an afterthought in this offense. And he's $3,400. He's not overly popular for a two-game slate. He's going to be someone that I, I look to attach to Baker at times. Um, you know, he's he is who he is. He's not the first, second, or third option on this team. But if you're telling me that he's on the field and he's going to have, you know, five targets, something like that, sign me up for, for, a, for a punt play like that in addition to Godwin and Evans and Rashad White, who might be the most popular player on this entire slate. Okay. Is that your favorite value? I think he is. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking like Kate Otten is also in that bucket, but he's more popular. And and to me, Kate Otten is much more dependent on a touchdown. Like I don't see almost any scenario where Kate Otten gets there uh, without a touchdown. I think Trey Palmer could have a, you know, Four for 62 and not that that's what you're you're hoping for but that's not a disaster by any stretch on a two-game slate at 3400 i don't hate it there isn't a lot of good actually let me ask you this if we were to go over this slate all four teams 
Yep. What are the best value plays at the pass catcher or the running back positions? And I running think there no aren't going to be a lot. I honestly don't know if running back has any value. It doesn't. Um, for pass catchers, obviously Khalil Shakir, but he's a little more expensive now. Um, that's about it. Yeah. It, it's a pretty weird, in all honesty, I think it's a pretty bad slate. Uh, not in terms of playing, but when you just look at the builds, like you don't have a ton of, it's not uncertainty. You just kind of have what you have. You've got a bucket of receivers in the six to seven K range. You've got a bucket of running backs at the top. Quarterback is weird. Tight end is weird. Defense is always weird, but I don't think there's like, Oh, mystery. Like to me, if you play like chase Edmonds, you're drawing to a miracle. I I don't see any way that that's a, a viable strategy. Well, no, I mean, what it comes down to is the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver value. Like what, what what do we do with with Eagles receiver value? Look, AJ Brown being out is massive. You still have Devontae Smith. Great play. I don't even know how much time we need to spend on Devontae Smith. It's a pretty pretty obvious strong spot, right? Would you agree? Yes. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. So is Dallas Goddard. You take AJ yeah. Brown out of the lineup, and things change dramatically. I will say though, once you get to some of these other pass catchers, Alameda Zacchaeus. Um, Quez Watkins. Yeah, the funny thing with Watkins is this guy, this guy ends up playing last week in a game where you know AJ Brown gets hurt. Uh hurts finger is all gnarled and everything. And now you just you you sit a lot of these guys. Like they they Hurts played less than half of the game. A lot of these guys did. Zacchaeus played 82%. Quez Watkins played 98% of snaps in that game. Julio Jones played 26. Britton Covey, who is generally a special teamer, played 54% of offensive snaps. I can't help but wonder, like, does Julio Jones end up being the guy in this spot where he's, you know, still a big-bodied receiver that has real utility in the end zone? We've seen that this season. Like, he has – Julio Jones has not done a lot, but he had a two-touchdown game against Arizona just a couple of weeks ago. I am surprised that his receiving yards prop is only 15 and a half yards this week. I'm a little surprised at it too, but I respect that a lot. I think that's an indication that I don't think it's too likely that Julio is peppered with targets. I think he'll be used at times, no doubt about it. But if you told me who's the most likely to guy to get a lot of work, I do think it's Quez Watkins. Um, See, I don't. A little... Okay. That, that I think is an important distinction because if you build actionably off that doesn't mean that you're going to win. It just means that you do have a leverage point. Cause I, I, I think those three, there's a lot of uncertainty around them. The only difference for me is that which one of these guys can they target once they get inside the 20, like Quez Watkins only out is a bubble screen that he takes to the house, which he's just not good at or a deep ball. And he's terrible at tracking deep balls. And Hurts' deep ball hasn't been right for how long now? So, um, JP said, Coach of State Jones won't see an elevated role. He's old and set in his – I'm not saying he's going to see a significantly elevated role. That's not even what I'm saying. I'm just saying at $4,000, uh, if – by the way, elevated role doesn't really mean much, in my opinion. Yeah, because – Dalton Kincaid's snap count has gone down significantly since Dawson Knox returned. 
but his targets haven't really changed. Like I said, he's seen seven plus targets in three or five games. One of them doesn't count because they didn't throw the football. So like if Jones plays 30% of snaps, but he's targeted on, if he's targeted five times, that's the same thing as like a Quez playing 75% and being targeted five times. There's no real, yes, one of them's on the field more. I get that. But if you're just running wind sprints, I don't know, man. I'm just saying like, as far as touchdown equity goes, I don't feel good about any of these guys. I'm not saying I feel great about Julio Jones, but as far as touchdown equity goes, you don't have that AJ Brown. Once you get in there in those tight quarters with, you know, in the 10, 15 yard line, Julio Jones is still a, targeting Quez Watkins. There is an exercise in futility. No, they're not going to do that. Definitely not. Um, and the deep ball's just been so bad for Jalen Hurts recently, and he's not healthy. They better figure something out. Um, yeah. I don't I don't have a mu- much else for the team, though. I think that they've got a ground game. They've got Goddard I, and Devontae Smith that I think can mask a lot of this, and then you've got some of those value options. It's just... Uh, that's about it for me. I, I don't see... Like Gainwell, you talked about. There's nobody else to really even look at, to be honest. So now really the question just becomes ownership on these guys. Quez Watkins, ownership is 12%. Zacchaeus is 12. We have Julio at 15. That's what kind of sucks. There's no, there's no differentiating. Dude, if I told you right now that that Julio Jones was 5% and Zacchaeus and Watkins were both 25%, would that be, would be the, how, how much of a no-brainer is that to just play more Julio? No doubt about it. Um, I was hoping it would be the other way, personally, because I don't really like the Julio spot as much, that Julio maybe would be 25%, and a guy like Zacchaeus or Quez would be 8%, and I could comfortably do that. You're kind of choosing best available. And also, I mean, this is obvious, but I just want to state it, there's definitely a chance that the Eagles are just fine, and none of these guys are the value Absolutely. that you want. Like they have big time players around them. They don't need any of these guys potentially to show up in a big way. Absolutely. Yeah. Will said, LOL, elevated role definitely matters. But role, the thing that's tricky is again, role is such a. It could just mean snaps and not opportunities when you're on the field is what I'm saying. Like you could play eight snaps in a game. But if you get eight targets, that is way more involved than if you play 100% of snaps and you have four targets. What is the bigger role, though? 100% of snaps or eight snaps? That's what I'm saying. So that's why I don't know how much to read into this. Because at $4,000, 30% of snaps and five targets, I'm not, look, I'm not locking him in for five targets. All I'm saying is, does if we're talking about role, how much does that really matter? If it's, if we're referring to snaps. Yeah. I mean, MVS has been on the field all year for the chiefs and done nothing. He doesn't do anything. His role before him. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, I don't know. I mean, I, I listen, you want your guy to be involved. I just never know what role means. If he's out there just walking around, that's not really a role to me. I'd rather have him. We're going to use them in special packages, but the packages are designed for his plays. Like, that seems more important to me. Right. And I don't know the answer to that. I don't think either of us do. No, definitely not. Yeah. Anyway, 
What do you make of uh, DeAndre Swift today? I think he's solid. Uh, again, you know, his, his role should change slightly. Uh, you mentioned, like, they don't have A.J. Brown. Maybe that's a couple extra carries for, for Swift in the red zone. Um, maybe that's a couple extra targets for him. It's not like he can't catch the ball. Just lately, it hasn't been there for whatever reason. So I, I plan to get over on him. I, I think that he's just a very solid play. I believe in that. I respect Tampa's front. But I also respect that they can utilize him in different ways. So uh, I'd say one of the stronger plays on the slate. Okay. Uh, so, by the way, we had we had a question from Sam. Genuine question. I read a report that Hurts hasn't thrown since he injured his finger. Does anyone know if he's thrown? Yeah, apparently Friday he was throwing darts, what I saw. How much of that is true, I don't know. But uh, hold on. Yeah, we're going to find out. But here, here, here you go. Uh, he was, this is titled, he was throwing, sorry, lasers was what they they referred to it as. Uh, Thursday was a little scary. Jalen Hurts didn't throw. When a quarterback doesn't throw uh, four days before a playoff game, yeah, that's definitely scary. Then Friday came along. Hurts zipped the ball all over the practice field and the entire Eagles franchise breathed a collective sigh of relief. For not throwing yesterday, we were all pretty concerned. Receiver and returner Britton Covey said, I think everyone was concerned. And then for him to go out there today and do what he did, it was kind of a sigh of relief from everyone, including himself. So uh, full participant. I, I can't take any more away from that than than we have. He's yeah, playing. Going. He's throwing. He's playing. He's throwing. If they lose, they lose. Uh, he might be terrible because he's hurt. He might be terrible because he has a bad game. And he might be good despite being hurt. It's it's. It's a non-factor for me. I don't know. It's unquantifiable. Yeah. And, Will, we're probably saying the same thing here. Uh, yeah, we but, are. Yeah. All I'm saying is, it, unless somebody defines what role means in the NFL, we don't know. In in the in the NBA, if Tony Snell has a 35-minute role, I know exactly what I'm getting from Tony Snell every time. If they go, Tony Snell's got to uh, play more minutes today, bigger We know what that means. I don't know what I don't know what role means in this case. So you know, this might be something you just kind of have to figure figure out yourself. Anyway, uh, Jalen Hurts might run a ton today. I, I know that he's been banged up, but this is a do or die game, right? Like they they're limping, <laughs> literally and metaphorically, into this game. You may see Jalen Hurts try and take off uh, way more than he normally has. So I, I love Jalen Hurts. I, I don't see any reason not to like Hurts today. Even oh, though, even uh, though he's banged up, but it's a two-game slate. Absolutely. I mean, I, all systems go there. He's going to have to do everything, and then some. And I'm I'm a big quarterbacks, not so much a Jalen Hurts or a Josh Allen. I'm a big quarterbacks that don't run, run in the playoffs. Dak, Tua, yeah, like those types. Yep. They will say, okay, I have to scramble here. I'm gonna I'm gonna scramble like. They're pulling the ball when they need to. Mahomes does that as well. So I, I would be stunned if Jalen Hurts doesn't, at the very least, say I'll use my wheels if I have to. Matt Ballinger, uh, any showdown stands out standouts for the Tampa Philly game? I think Ben mentioned one of them. Palmer, I would imagine, is one of the guys that you'll certainly be looking at. Yeah, I think that uh, an interesting thing for showdown would be an uh, you know a five-one. It's a I think most people think a competitive game. Go onslaught here. Uh, even Tampa onslaught will be very unique. Like I'm just pitch. I'm just throwing this out there. But if you go like, you know, Evans, Baker, Palmer, Bucks defense, 
bring it back with an eagle and then like a kick or something that that's that's a weird build that could be effective i don't think that's going to happen but again you're talking about can you build a script and are i mean you know what i'm going to say lafay what i love about lineup generator like when you can pick the type of game you think it's going to be and work back our tools allow you to do that i think that's super valuable for showdown you say okay i'm going to build for a high scoring this and it'll give you teams that could benefit with that exact scenario yeah 100 percent. um and you're going to have to consider value from philly wide receivers whether you want to or not uh on a showdown site ben you won't have a choice it's just in just Go ahead. In showdown, I think Gainwell's more reasonable too. He like, is. Just because, you know, you got to be willing to do some weird stuff in showdown. Let me see something real quick. So before we get out of here, and I'll get your final thoughts on Tampa and Philly from a two-game perspective. But uh, let's see. So Palmer on DraftKings is 2,800. Once you get below that, it's it's ugly. You know, there, there's not a lot there for Philly, the receivers, just to see if this changes your mind at all. Mm-hmm. So Julio, it, wow. Goddard 6,400. That is a misprice. Yeah. That's a misprice right there for sure. He's going to be. Yeah. Crazy popular. This came out before AJ Brown. Wow. I hadn't even looked at this. This came out before Brown was ruled out. Devonte Smith is $8,600. And Dallas Goddard is 64. That is nuts. Julio's 38. Quez is 3K. Alameda Zacchaeus is 2K. With a gap like that, I would just prefer Zacchaeus. That's why Palmer is going to be very, very interesting. Because who in their right mind is going to go to the value on Tampa when all the value is on the Eagles side? Yeah, you're right. And Palmer, for, for... how much he's been involved. I'm actually surprised he's only $2,800. You're right. He has had involvement. Has it materialized into a ton outside of one game? No, not really, but this is a showdown slate. Yeah. I mean, again, you're not probability of success is not what I'm weighing here at all. Yeah. And mentioned it earlier guys, but uh, all of our NFL stuff is, is half off right now for any Sims package. Plus, you get the PGA Sims tool free for a couple of weeks. Or if you just wanted to check out the lineup generator, uh, that is, you won't find a better better price for an entry tool. Like, I mean, it is the Sims tool, except run, the Sims are running behind the scenes and you're getting lineups and you can decide if you want to keep them or discard them. You can see all of your exposures. As Ben mentioned, you can set your game type. So like set projections up six points for the Eagles, down six for the Bucks, other way around, down six for both, low scoring game. And then you can see how chalky every lineup is that you get, how contrarian it is, what's the optimal projection, uh, and then keep the ones you want, discard the ones you don't. Once you're done, see all of your exposures for main slate or for a showdown slate, see what your stack types look like, upload it straight to CSV, it's optimized for mobile. So, yeah, if you're not looking to, you know, dip heavy into the wallet for the Sims package, really good way to jump on board with some tools and, and help your building process a lot with the, with the lineup generator. Uh, and we have that for showdown and for any of these main slates as well. All right. So let's wrap this up with a couple questions I have before we go for you, Ben. And as always guys, appreciate you being with us today. Um, we're at how many likes one, one 14. Okay. One fourteen. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take, it. I mean, could be better, but that's okay. 
James asked, in a single entry, do you go with Palmer or Kate Otten? Assuming main slate here? Yeah, I'm assuming main slate. I I would go uh, with Palmer. I actually, again, tight end to me, even though it's a position that it's nice to get rid of. You actually have, for, four, for only four teams, pretty reasonable options. Goddard's a great option. Kincaid is an option. Friermuth is an against-the-grain option. And then Dawson Knox is a YOLO option. So I don't think, like, Kate Otten... It's a bigger opportunity cost than you normally would think. Uh, so, yeah, I would I would go Palmer, but both reasonable puns. All right, so I'll ask you to rank a few guys before we go. To, you know, let's put this, put this into focus before we get out of here. At the wide receiver position, I'm going to give you some, like, groups of two or three. Okay. Diggs, Smith. I'll go four here. Rank Diggs, Smith, Evans, and Godwin. Diggs, Smith, Evans, and Godwin? Yep. It would be Smith, Diggs, Evans, Godwin. Okay. I'm going to go Smith. It's so tough after that. I like all of these guys today. Smith, Evans, Diggs, Godwin. But I like Chris Godwin. I think he can eat up the middle of that field against Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, again, it's I have I have Godwin fourth. Godwin is a hell of a player and a fine play. You're talking about the premier wide receivers uh on the slate. So um Pickens or Deontay Johnson. Complete gut feel. I think it's true coin toss. I would say Deontay Johnson. Okay. I'll go Pickens just for the ceiling. Shakir, Julio Jones, Quez, Palmer. Or Zacchaeus. That's a lot, but give me like your top three among those. Shakir, Quez, Palmer. So you're going Quez over Palmer. Yeah, I I think that because there's three Eagles that you could choose from. I do think if you get that right, that person is a pretty damn solid target. The difference is you're trying to hit one of three and then on top of it, have any of them factor in. Whereas Palmer is the reasonable third fiddle on the outside for the box. Okay. I'm going to go Shakir, Palmer, and then I'll go Julio for the touchdown okay. equity. Mm-hmm. I think there's something there, even in a limited role. All right. At tight end, Goddard or Kincaid? To me, I don't even care. I'm going to have a ton of both. I love both, but it would be Goddard. I'd lean Goddard. Now, Fryermuth, Otten, and Knox. That's a little bit more difficult. It would be Fryermuth, then Knox, and then Otten. But those are very difficult to decipher. Those are, you know, I think true, true, just give me one or two red zone looks and you have to live with it. If they catch it, you're, you're in business. If they don't, they get probably like three. Hurts or because I know that it's Allen or it's Mayfield over Rudolph for sure. Definitely. But if you had to play one lineup, is it Hurts or Allen? It's Allen. Allen? Okay. Yeah. The good thing here is like with Allen and Hurts, I don't think it matters. You, you're going to have a lot of both. With Goddard and Kincaid, you're going to have a lot of both. There's top tier receivers for sure. We'll round it out with this. And hey, thank you guys hanging out. We'll be back at 3.30 as well little live before a lock action heading into this uh, two-game slate today. And I don't know. We might have a showdown live before lock. There is a Millie maker tonight as well. 
Rashad White, James Cook, DeAndre Swift. You already said you're going, what, White, Swift, Cook? Correct. Now you have to go pick one of the guys beneath them from Najee, Warren, and Gainwell. I assume it's Najee. It, it is by default. I don't like Gainwell at all. Um, so it's really just pick a Steelers running back. And to me, I feel pretty confident Najee gets 20 opportunities. And if you get 20 opportunities, that's – that's a there's some merit to targeting that guy no matter what appreciate you guys hanging out hey uh have a good day come back join us in a few hours we'll have nba live before lock as well and um we got more football today so let's hang let's make some money let's hope the sims tool takes down a milli for one of us today ben wouldn't that be nice that would be quite useful yeah we got a lot of slates um i hope to see you guys involved again whether it's taking advantage of the promos, watching the shows, supporting us. It means a lot. We're, we're doing some fun things here to close the football season. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get this slate underway. Refuel. We'll see you back here in a little bit. Appreciate you guys later.